Hi everyone and welcome to the Hardcore Podcast. I'm your host Romy Adair and in this podcast we get into the nitty gritty parts and experiences that are often had during the journey to become a professional dancer. Chatting to dancers in training and professional from all around the world creating one safe space that can be shared by many. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi everyone and welcome back to the podcast. In this week's episode, I've got a very special guest, Anna de Boisson. Hi Anna. Hi there. How so are you? nice of you to have me here. No worries. It's lovely to have you and be in person as well. Yes. It's so nice. Um, I don't do a lot of in-person interviews, mainly on Zoom, but this is a nice little exception. Um, let's get into the quick fire round so sure. all the listeners can get to know you a bit better if they don't know who you are. Um, First of you, oh, <laughs> first of all, how old are you? I'm 76. 76. Yes. That's incredible. I love that. You are probably the oldest guest I've had on, but that's going to come well, out. Well, that's experience. Kind of honor, really. Yes. Yeah, it is. Because no one's going to have... Thank you so much that, you know, it's, to be, you know, to show the interest is yeah. so wonderful. Because it's very easy to disappear into the yeah. ether as you get older. Yeah. But I think there's, every generation has... A lot to give to the industry completely and so it'd be nice to hear your experience and how the younger generation can take that yes um and first of all next question where are you currently you can take this question however you want it can be literally or just like where you feel like in life what you're doing at the moment well um unfortunate because i'm currently a lot of my day is spent at pineapple mm-hmm. where i teach five days a week and um, I teach a general class, which means I'm privileged to teach professional dancers of very highest caliber through to, to people who just come and love it mm. and bring a lot with them. So that's part of my day. I also have um, an after-school program called West London School of Dance, um, and that I started 38 years ago, um, and it's still um, going strong. Uh, and it runs uh, ballet and tap and so on for mm-hmm. young children, two and a half to about 17 years old, okay. or when they go off to uni if they're not going into ballet school. And yeah. um, it's a great joy that school, we reach a high level of mm-hmm. training. Um, and alongside that, I'm the co founder of the Young Dancers Academy, which is a full time vocational school. Uh, and until recently, I taught there every morning as well, mm-hmm. and it, I just decided that um, it was too tiring <laughs> yeah. to be running three different jobs at the same time, four actually when I get to the other But it, so I, I now, um, I teach all those children in the afternoon because okay. they join the after school programme every day. Nice. So they, they're it's a nice mixture of, of dancers yeah. um, and then of course I've got my the Du Poisson Dance Foundation which is predominantly to raise um, much needed money for children who otherwise would not be able to dance, yeah. would never have the funds um, to train and um, that's a big passion of mine and uh, it's one of the hardest jobs there is because raising money these days is um, it's tough work. Very tough, yes. <laughs> Yeah. So that's my kind of invo- everyday involvement, yep. if you like. Nice. We'll get into yep. them yep. more because I think mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to talk about, I guess, how you do them all, but also like the reason why like, you started the De Boisson Foundation and another vocational school because it's interesting. But yeah, we'll talk about it. Um, next question this is more of a funny question is what is your least favourite ballet step? <laughs> Could be but, visually or like to do. Um, anything in adage, because as a dancer, I found it really hard. <laughs> I love to watch it. Um, sometimes in class, I can, you know, we get to the point of adage, and I and I'll say, "All right, dancers, adage." I'm having a step in my head. It has to come from somewhere. <laughs> so it's, that's quite hard. Um, I think. 
uh, for me. That, that's, it's not that I dislike it, I just find it a bit bad. Oh, yeah. oh, I get that. Um, what is your favourite piece of choreography either you've danced in or that you've seen? Well, I was very fortunate and I saw the opening night of Macmillan's Romeo and Juliet, the very first performance of that. And uh, so I saw Fontaine and Nouriel do the opening night, and then I had the absolute privilege to see Lynn Seymour and Christopher Gable do their opening night. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the most extraordinary performances, and I think a wonderful ballet. Mm -hmm. um, so that's very much a favourite of mine. Um, it's very easy to be hypercritical of things because you know it's our profession and it's not a it's not an easy job going to the ballet anymore because you you know whereas I can go to watch a musical because I can't sing a note yeah. um, I can really immerse myself yeah. in it but it, it's it's more difficult so it's got to be stunning really yeah. I did enjoy the Cinderella that I saw oh, okay. oh, I did I really enjoyed that that's good. Nice. And what is your favourite piece of dance where you like that you had during your career? I had this, and it was my youth because I was very skinny in those days. I had this little uh, wraparound skirt mm -hmm. from Repetto, mm -hmm. the French um, uh, company, mm -hmm. and it was pale as pink. And in those days, you didn't get many skirts. Yeah. But I loved it, <laughs> and I treasured it until it literally fell apart. Oh, that's lovely. It's good. Well, that's. It's nice to have something that you wore yes. for a long time yes. and got used out of. Because I think nowadays it's so easy, especially with dancewear, to consume a lot. Exactly, and not actually get the use out of it. Um, and last question, which is, what is your favourite food? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, this sounds ridiculous, but I love caviar. Oh, I really choice. love it. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, cheese on toast will do me every time. Mm -hmm. You can't go wrong with cheese <laughs> no, on toast. I love it. Absolutely. Um, so now we're going to backtrack and talk a little bit about what your journey going into ballet mm -hmm. looked like. Um, and then what the next step was for you going into vocation training and then into like the early years of your professional career? Well, I, I came into to ballet um, kind of through tragedy really. Mm -hmm. um, I was living in Hong Kong because my father was in the Navy. So the whole family was stationed out there. We'd been all over the place, um, Hong Kong, Singapore, um, Cairo, you name it, we were stationed there. Mm -hmm. uh, but when we were in Hong Kong, there was a polio epidemic and um, I got sick. Um, and luckily, was able to be nursed at home in isolation for a very long time. Um, but it affected me um, physically and probably mentally too, mm -hmm. I'm sure. Um, we came back to England. Um, and I was recovered, and, but the doctor said this child needs um, regular formal exercise. So it's either sports or dance. Mm -hmm. Well, we were never a very sporty family. My mother is hugely artistic, mm -hmm. um, personal writer, and so on, broadcaster. And so they sent me off to a ballet school. We were living in Lincoln, mm -hmm. and it was run by a woman called Christine Orange, who was an absolutely fantastic woman. Mm -hmm. I have everything to be grateful to her. And I realised when I walked into the studio, it's such a cliche, but I felt so at home there. I felt for the first time actually in my whole life I belonged somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and within, I must have been nine and a bit when that happened. And I was immediately um, uh, sponsored by a man called Frederick Cooper, who was the treasurer for the Royal Ballet. Mm -hmm. And he was also the head of Schweppes, CEO of Schweppes. So yeah. he was with lots of money, yeah. very important, big guy. <laughs> and um, I chose to go to Elmhurst. Okay. And because I just liked the atmosphere there, I didn't like particularly anything else mm -hmm. that I saw. 
and um, I knew nothing about the profession, knew nothing about anything. But uh, so I went to Arms, which was in Camberley. Um, there were lots of wonderful dancers there, um, actors, singers. Hayley Mills was there. Mel Park was there. You, you, you know, it was yeah. a, a real. I really learnt my craft. Yeah. Um, so I was very happy there. And then I went to Romba, mm -hmm. but I was 14 or something, I didn't take any school exams or anything. Oh my gosh. Got <coughs> munched by fossil there. Actually, you see, I've been to, I've been to about 14 different schools before I was 10. So okay. education was really, sort of, education came by travel and yeah. people and yeah. that, those sorts of experiences. Mm -hmm. It was a very different world from, from now. Yeah. Um, and then, sort of, age of 15, I'm, you know, working. Working. Joined a French touring company mm -hmm. and um, learnt my craft that way, really. Went on to uh, 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 Yugoslavia, which was then Yugoslavia, mm -hmm. and okay. the big company there, mm -hmm. danced there. Um, I was the only foreigner in the company at the time. It was, Tito was in power, it was huge, mm -hmm. very, yeah. communist country. Yeah. Um, it was a weird place to end up, I suppose. <laughs> I liked the, the company and I got the job and, yeah. and it was um, a real experience. Mm -hmm. Then I went to Ballet Prague, then I went to Basel mm -hmm. um, and stayed there and had my child got married there. Okay. My first baby. Mm -hmm. Lovely. Was it when you, because you got your first job pretty young and nowadays it doesn't, I guess, like most people will, there's less people, I guess, like getting, because now you go no, to school, go, like go, go, finish at 18. Yes. <laughs> you know, the yeah. child force these days. Child Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, was that a like weird transition going, you know, you traveled so much around the world and then sudden, and like you are, you're still a child, that suddenly you can't, you've had a, you had a lot of responsibility, like to a company, you were being paid. Um, I don't think I thought anything of it. No, I mean, even to the point where um, there was a small touring company and we had to take it in turns to travel with the, the skips and the set. Mm -hmm. So we would cross continents and, and countries. <laughs> and, and I remember going with my friend and we had to accompany all the, and count the number of skips and set mm -hmm. from one train to another changeover. So, uh. Um, you know, I've been stuck in earthquakes and military coups and, um, you know, I was caught in the Six-Day War. Um, and I don't know, you it's just it. got on with it. Yeah. You know, that there's perhaps more a culture of worry now. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say culture of fear, mm -hmm. culture of worry. Yeah. Um, which I can understand, but I don't think the world is a worse place now. I think it's a lot better actually in so many aspects. Mm -hmm. But um, I suppose we just got on with it. I just wanted to dance, perform, rehearse, yeah. and work very hard. And mm -hmm. yeah. I was lucky. Yeah. I don't think I'd recommend people going on tour at 15 years old. <laughs> I think that would, yeah. It's. But it happened like that's the thing, it happened and you're not going to turn that down in the moment. No, it was, and it wasn't abnormal, if you like. Okay, yeah. You know, it was not the, the norm, but it wasn't abnormal in, yeah. in, as we would see it now. Yeah. You yeah. know, if you look back in, in dance history, you'll see that, that people were much sure. younger. Yeah. 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 Looking back, I guess, like your career, what would you say was the biggest challenge for you? as a dancer, um, I mean, I know there's a lot of things that come up, you know, there's a lot of years that that would have spanned over, um, and I guess, like, if someone's listening who might be experiencing a similar feeling or a similar situation, any advice that you'd give? Well, I think it's it's very easy to allow yourself to feel diminished. Mm -hmm. And that's, I'll talk about that later, but that's part of how I feel passionately about teaching. But it's, it's very easy to feel um, 
insignificant um, and not noticed mm -hmm. and unappreciated. So you have to develop a strong sense of self. And I, I say to my young dancers that I teach, I say, you, you've got to develop um, a really good ego mm -hmm. alongside a humble heart. And it's that combination that will look after you and drive you forwards. And it's not always easy at all. And my goodness me, I've met some, you know what's on the way. <laughs> um, and I would like to think that the world of dancers so new teaching has changed mm -hmm. um, and that it's more respectful. I think that's probably just wishful thinking, but I like to think that it is it's good a to kinder think. atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. Um, it probably is. I think it's so. It's come a long way. Yes. I think, I think what was different is that, I mean, when I was training, mm -hmm. um, it was physically crueler. Yeah, you know, like but the old sticks came out, you know. <laughs> yeah, and but Good I, ne I never felt mentally diminished. Mm -hmm. I never felt that um, I was being treated cruelly in my head. Okay, and I think that actually it's gone the reverse. Yeah, you know, you can't in some yeah schools you can't even physically correct someone. No. But you can certainly you can mess mentally, with their heads. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, yeah. that bothers me. Yeah, that's something that I hear a lot talking to people that if they've stopped dancing. Like nowadays, like with everyone that I've spoken to, um, you know, of all ages. Yes. It's definitely coming out of like professional training, it does seem to be that it's more of a, they've come out with more kind of, I guess like, no one's ever really been physically hurt, but they've been more mentally damaged. Damaged is the word. Which is it, awful. Yes, it is. It's dreadful. Yeah. But that seems and, to be... And we, we don't encourage great art that way. No, it's you a, can't. It's a false concept. Mm -hmm. Kindness um, and um, generosity go a lot further. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because it's it does it's so sad to see like so many um like what I experienced in my training was that so many just really talented people lost Fall the by love. The wayside. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes, I agree. And there's a lot of that. Um and then it's sad because it's like do you, is it worth you know for so many people to go through this for only like one or two people to make it professionally because the rest of them yes well that that leads us into so many different yeah. difficult subjects because mm -hmm. there aren't enough opportunities for dance mm -hmm. um brexit's ruined an awful lot more yeah. and um you know and the financial situation has ruined a lot more so it's very very hard yeah. and somehow we have to find it in ourselves that we can still dance for the love of movement and dance mm -hmm. because it, it can really help you through life, I think. And there's, we have to try to see that it is actually more than just getting the job, yeah. although yeah. that's the ultimate aim and of course, mm -hmm. but they are so few and far between. Mm -hmm. It really is. Um, after, like, so after your time dancing, yes. Is, did you go and go straight into teaching? Well, um, was it, how it was, did that happen? <laughs> my son this time was um, two and a bit, two mm -hmm. and a half. And to be honest with you, I was in the company. I was watching young dancers arrive, and I thought they were fantastic. And they were not being treated well or nurtured or looked up. And I thought, I, I either have to open my mouth and say what I think and this is not going to go down well or I go okay. and I decided to leave. Mm -hmm. I was 30 at the time. Okay. So I've had a good chunk, you had a chunk of, of time. Yeah. And um, so I came back to England and I thought, um, oh, I'll go and live in Canada, my sister's there. That's what I have to change. Mm -hmm. So I applied for a visa and uh, I got 
sometime later, I can't, I don't remember how long between, but I got two letters in the post the same day. Mm -hmm. One was to the Canadian Embassy refusing a visa. Why? I don't know. But the second letter uh -huh. was offering me a job in Edinburgh in Scotland as a teacher. Mm. They, and it came in the same post. So I, yes, so I got these two letters and, and one was this post in Edinburgh mm -hmm. at the Theatre School of Dance and Drama in Edinburgh. I'm not quite sure how that came about. But um, I thought, well, I've never taught a class in my life. Mm. I, I never used my voice in a studio in my life, you know. Yeah. You go in, you do dancing out and move out. Um, and um, I was fortunate enough to be, um, uh, I, I knew John Field, who was the, had been the former director of the Royal Ballet, mm -hmm. um, and a former festival ballet, which is now EMB. Mm -hmm. Um, and he was director of the Royal Academy at that time. And he had just, the year before, mm -hmm. he had started a course for professional dancers to come into the teaching profession. Mm -hmm. So he said to me, Anna, apply for this course. Um, so I did. Mm -hmm. um, and I did have some opposition because everyone was saying, well, you can't do it with a child, you know. And, and, uh, and I, my reply was, if I, if I can survive for two years with a child in a ballet company, I can do the course. Yeah. So uh, I had no idea whether I wanted to teach or not. It was a big risk. Okay. And halfway through the course, I thought, oh, I really love this. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is as good as dancing any day. So I did the course, passed really well. Um, it was a very hard time for me because I couldn't get anywhere to live, you know, and a young child in that time. Mm -hmm. um, so that was that was difficult, but I, I did my course. I did a, my first job with Royal Bear, mm -hmm. and then I went up to Scotland and was there for two years teaching there, um, learning my craft. Mm -hmm. um, starting to learn, you know, stop. And then I came down here mostly because I couldn't stand the winter anymore. <laughs> Shoveling snow for school steps was okay. Yeah. And then that the dance centre closed mm -hmm. and Debbie mm -hmm. Moore stepped in to open and I was the I was the first ballet teacher here. Wow. So my life's gone a kind of circle. It has, yeah. I mean I then went on to become a rehearsal director for Ron Bear, so okay. I went back to the Ron Bear thing mm -hmm. and then so, um, yeah. Yeah, so I kind of fell into teaching. Okay. Um, and luckily enough discovered that I did love it. Mm -hmm. That's really nice. How, because then you, you also co-founded YDA and did you co-found West London Story? No, I did that, but I, I, I started West London because I had to support my kids. Okay. I had three children, two more girls by that time. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I was on my own. Okay. So I had to, you know, I really had to get stuck in and earn a living. Um, and I thought, what do I know? I know nothing except ballet. <laughs> so, um, so actually, um, Angela Ellis, who was Madame Rombert's daughter, mm -hmm. advised me. Okay. And, um, and I started my school in the old Rombert basement in that book and I was there. 25 years. Um, so she sort of, you know, rented me the old downstairs studio there. Mm -hmm. So that's how I started my school. I took seven classes a day for several years. Um, it going, yeah. and um, I was with musicians, and it really took off. Mm -hmm. And I never wanted to do any syllabus work, so I had that kind of drive okay. to my in my head how I wanted it to be. Yep. Um, and it grew and it grew and it grew and did really well. Yeah. Um, and then uh, YDA came up uh, through talking to a friend who had a couple of kids who were doing well at school and were lovely dancers. Mm -hmm. So they started doing schoolwork in my sitting room mm -hmm. in the Shepherd's Bush. 
and um, sport has kind of grew like that. Mm -hmm. So another thing, running a full time. Yeah. With all the government say. legislation and all of that, absolutely nightmare. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, did you ever like when you were setting up? I guess like creating both these kind of centres of dance yeah. education that you wanted it to be different from what like you experienced. Yes, absolutely. So always that. I mean, I, I think I was very fortunate at Elmhurst because okay. we had a very free mm -hmm. life there. Mm -hmm. And I'm still in contact with people I went to school with there. Oh, that's and lots of us are still really in the profession. Mm -hmm. And we were educated in a very different manner. Mm -hmm. um, but I recognised that I, I wanted I wanted it to be different. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be surrounded by children who are happy. Yeah. Because I think that's the way you thrive. Mm -hmm. And that's not always possible because unhappiness comes to us from all sorts yeah. of things. And it can manifest itself in the studio. But we can also learn to deal with our unhappiness through dance. Yeah. And um, so yes, no, I wanted it to be very different and I, I and I wanted the reason I didn't want to teach um, a syllabus is because I, I wanted, as, a, as me as a teacher and as the teachers around me, I wanted us all to grow as ourselves in teaching, not teach someone else's work. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I mean, you know, when I say adagio and I've got it's not a step in my head, I have to dig deep. <laughs> you find and, that and, and I think that comes from, from not being restricted by teaching something from a book mm -hmm. that you learn every day about the construction of your yeah. steps and your class and so on. And, and for dancers um, to have that, to be, I don't know, let me rephrase this. I think the first duty of the teacher mm -hmm. is to inspire. And only from that can you teach technique, musicality, drama, and so on. You, you have to be able to inspire first. Mm -hmm. And I tried to, try to teach my te teacher to work with me that mm -hmm. ethos. Yeah. Um, it's not always easy. But if you're inspired yourself, then it's easier to be inspirational. And I can't find that in a book about no. dance. No, absolutely. Dance is about doing and feeling. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's really nice because it's there's. I mean, it's hard as like as a student when you're being taught by someone, and yeah, you don't feel inspired. Or it doesn't spark that feeling that makes you want to like dig inside yourself to find more. Yes. Um, because it's hard to do that without you know without the like, being advised by someone. Like it's really hard to do that on your own. It, it, it's impossible yeah. to do it on your own. That's why we all suffer during lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and it it is very difficult. And it's that two well, three way thing. Mm -hmm. It's a teacher, the musician, and the student. And that's um, a collaboration, and also being able to take the um, the risk. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about taking great physical risks. I'm talking about mental mm -hmm. risks. Um, and I think that's something that we all need to encourage yeah. in ourselves in the studio. Mm -hmm. And all the great choreographers do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They do. During you like starting both West London School of Dance and well then later YDA, start opening like a school, you know, running your own business. What was probably the biggest challenge with trying to once you have them, especially once you have them both going, navigating that like and also having kids alongside? Was um, that hard? Well, by the time I started. YDA, my okay. kids were grown up. Okay, okay. They were, they um, so, you know, um, <laughs> but running West London 
and three children and schooling and being a single parent mm. um, was tough. Mm. But it was doable. Okay. You know, you, you get on with it. Mm. And funnily enough, I, I said to my son, who's now in his 50s, I said to him recently, I said, you know, I look back and, and your childhood was really tough. Because mm. that's how I see it. Mm -hmm. It's really tough. He said, my childhood was golden. Ah. And, and I, I felt so relieved in a way because, you know, as a parent, you do, you, you take it all on board and then, then yeah. you've got hundreds of other children that you're taking care of as yeah. well. And, mm -hmm. and, and you're working every hour of SEMS and you work Saturdays and Sundays and mm -hmm. your kids have to just fit in, you know. Um, but they learn, you, everyone learns the power of work like that. No one's sitting about, no, you know, wondering, you know, who's <laughs> going to look after them. Yeah, just going to do know, it. Just get on with it. Yeah. You know, my kids grew up sitting by a piano, really. Nice. You know, and my daughter, my middle child, works for me. Oh, okay. She's a wonderful teacher. Lovely. Um, so she went into dance mm -hmm. world, she went to... Yeah, being in church and National Canada, and she she she's a great teacher. Mm -hmm. I'm very fortunate. Not that I see her very much because we're like ships that pass in the night. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so mm. you when when you're up against it, which I suppose I was, mm. you get on with it. Yeah. And um, it's only later that you sit and think back. My God, that was hard. Yeah. <laughs> Probably more sort of hindsight, like wow, how did I did that? Yes, I mean when I first came back to London from Switzerland mm -hmm. um, before I started teaching, um, for when I was doing my training, mm -hmm. I couldn't find anywhere to live, and my little boy and I traipsed around London, and no one would take a single parent and a young child. Mm -hmm. It was dreadful, and I lived in a squat for oh nearly a year. And doing my training at the same time, putting yeah. my child into a nursery school. But we lived in, I mean, it was dreadfully hard. Mm -hmm. And I was so determined to, um, that I could earn a good living doing what I loved to support my, my, my little boy. Yeah. You know? um, and we made it through. Yeah. We did. How, because you, you know, you teach a lot of kids, but then you also teach here, mm -hmm. and you've really got a mix. I mean, you teach. Yes everyone essentially um do you feel like you have to i guess adjust your teaching in a way or the way you approach a lesson does that change the way you approach the environment um no i don't think so actually no. i think um obviously with children mm -hmm. um everything has to be appropriate to their age group yeah and I mean, I'm, I'm pretty strict, mm -hmm. as you know. I, I mean, I, I'll tell people to be quiet in my class. Yeah, I cross that. You know, I'm old-fashioned like that. I don't like chatter. Mm -hmm. And, and the, so the children are very disciplined. They seem to enjoy that. Mm -hmm. I think children like to know where they are. Yeah. And you teach that young, and then filters through into your adult life as a, as a dancer and, and of anything you do. So but with children, yes, you have to be you know you have to be careful mm -hmm. the way you, you train them, it has to be physically correct. Mm -hmm. And you have to find that fine line of pushing them. But they're growing bodies, yeah. Uh, you know, bones aren't completely set. So you've got to be careful, but you've got to push hard as well. Yeah. Um, but I think ultimately it's the same. You've got to presume that everyone's there to work, mm -hmm. however young they are. Yeah. They've come with the idea that they're here to work and achieve. Mm -hmm. And I, I think one of the things I do love about teaching children is it's not about all the talented ones. Mm -hmm. It's when somebody does something that they couldn't do before, mm. and I find, I, I, I find that all across absolutely thrilling. Mm -hmm. 
you know, some trying, 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 and yeah. it's not natural to them, and it's difficult, and not everyone's going to be good at this ballet lark, you know. It's no. just, <laughs> if anyone told us how hard it was, we might consider it. But it, it's that joy you get, um, and, and that everyone around you gets too, when you, you know, I encourage children to applaud one another in class. Yeah. And, Something's right, you know, and it's not always the top kids, no. you know. Yeah, I I definitely find that, like, being in your classes, that there is always that sort of energy, um, that I think is really nice because it make like it makes you want to be there, and it makes you want to be a part of it, but it also make encourages you to work because you feel comfortable, you feel. You can take the risks and, yes, because you don't have, there's no judgement. No, absolutely, Um, because we judge ourselves too much anyway. Yeah. Um, And of course one should never judge yourself when you're actually dancing, that's what you need to ask yourself the questions afterwards. But I think it's a very judgmental profession and I don't like that about it at all. Mm. You know, of course you have to question yourself whether you know, you've done the right thing, was it a good day, and forgive yourself when it's been a bad day. And, mm-hmm. But dancers aren't very good about that because no. we don't, we're not educated to do that. Yeah. We should be. Yeah, no, 100% because it's, it's times like that where that can almost be like the reasoning for people stopping. Yes, and even worse, keeping going but damaging themselves. Yeah, for the sake of a job, a pace it, for anything. Yes. Um, going on to your, you know, you creating the Dubasson Foundation. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that a bit and why you wanted well, to set that up. I was sponsored okay. myself. Mm-hmm. My parents would never have been able to send me off to Paris. And that, that stayed with me. And I've still got uh, some of the letters that my sponsor mm. wrote to me. Mm. Um, you know, and they, it's, it's, it's terribly important that we put back into professions. Mm. Because all of us at some point have had someone who's helped us on our way. Yeah. Whether it's a teacher, a free class, or a full scholarship, or just someone who says, well done. Mm-hmm. It, someone has helped us on our way, held our hand. Mm-hmm. And I fit, feel that I wanted to make sure that children could come into dance. And I, even if I don't have money for them, we into West London, we just take the children in. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be mega talented, but you've got to show passion and love mm-hmm. for what you do. Yeah. And, you know, I've always had this idea that we should never turn away a talented child anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, we find money somehow. Yeah. And, um, and we have done it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it is increasingly difficult, I have to say. Yeah. Um, How long have you, has it been going on for, the foundation? Um, it was called Friends of West London before. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's been there for about 20 years now. Okay. Yeah, so you can read really There's a lot of people out, out there who have been, who've been recipients of, of the scholarship. Mm-hmm. Yes. Nice. Yeah. It's very uh, important to yeah. me that, yeah. But it does, yeah, like you said before, it gets increasingly harder. To it does, and all the more reason to keep going, to exactly. be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I think. Probably the thing I really find the most difficult to get my head round to, to find the energy for is fundraising. And I hate it. <laughs> uh, there's no <laughs> two ways about it. It's just, and I, th- I, you know, I, I'll stand on the stage, I can make speech ups, but that doesn't bother me. Any of that, because it's just going around and asking people for money is just horrendous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so it is really <laughs> difficult, yes. you know, um, 
So uh, that's the way it goes, and, and mm -hmm. without it, um, our profession would be so much poorer because the state is putting less and less money in. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, none of my schools, anybody has had any funding from the state. Wow. Nothing. It's all self. It really like shocks me. Yes. Yeah. I was conversing with a school in Birmingham recently, mm -hmm. and they're able to charge one pound a class, two pounds a class, because they're completely funded by Birmingham, you know. By the yeah, council and all And in London, you, you know, and it's not like we haven't proved our worth because the companies are full of our dancers. Yeah. Royal Ballet, English National Ballet, Royal Ballet, all of them. Yeah. And um, as is um, the West End, there's always yeah. a show that you go to, there's not someone who's come out of our school. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy, but the fun, I guess the funding situation in the UK and the arts is. Grim. It's grim. It's not. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Um, this is why yeah. places like uh, pineapple mm -hmm. are are so dear to my heart because uh, Debbie Moore is somebody who um, really. I mean, she runs a sound business. She has to, to yeah. keep this place running and open. But she also has a real love of dance and theatre, mm -hmm. and she sees the bigger picture all the time. Mm -hmm. It's like um, uh, Ballet Futures that yeah. um, uh, we're involved with, with English National Ballet. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I was talking to her about it, and she completely understands the need mm -hmm. for um, us to spread our wings financially so that we reach people who would never ever have that chance and there's so much talent out there there is untapped absolutely you know walk, you walk down the street and you see a crowd of kids in front of you and look like there's dancer there you, you can't you can't yeah. not see it you know it's yeah. opportunity in life that's what we want to provide yeah no i completely agree there's a lot of yeah, it's interesting because I think it's a really fantastic program, the Ballet Futures, because yes. I was talking to someone a few episodes back, um, and it just there is a real need for it because you look at the vocational schools now, and you know people, I guess in power, people will question like, oh, why are there not more dancers? of colour like coming out yes. like that was a big question especially around COVID and around like the Black Lives Matter especially right. in ballet um but here in the UK something you know after you know, talking to people there's not a lot of dancers that are getting into the vocational schools you know there's a s small amount but that's because they, they, they haven't had the opportunity to go to early exactly. training yeah and it's that early training mm -hmm. that we're so interested in yeah. promoting yeah and um, well, uh, Tamara Rofa, of course, set this mm -hmm. up, um, and I think um, she's left a great um, organisation for us to work with. Yeah. Um, so yes, it's not good enough that we go to the ballet and we see one no. yeah. black quarter ballet token person there, no matter how good they are. Yeah, of course, it's, it's not, not enough. It's not enough. Mm -hmm. Not in this day and age. No. Yeah. So it's all about opportunity mm -hmm. for everybody. Yeah. And which is nice to see that because I know a few people, um, like younger dancers, that are now part of that. So it's really nice to see them have, especially like, you know, I know they might be exposed to dance, but it's that higher level of classical ballet yes. training that they need to have access to yes. to even. Having it, any opportunity. It's when you're eight that you can yeah. do two classes a week. When you're nine, you do three classes. Yeah. By the time you're ten, you're in every day. Yeah. Eleven, you're in the point shoes. Yeah. And it's that nurturing mm -hmm. through yeah. um, that I think that we're all beginning to recognise. And you know, this is a fantastic country for that. Yeah. We might be underfunded, mm -hmm. um, but. It's a very 
I think it's pretty open society, isn't yeah. it? From what I grew up in. Yeah. And it's, we've come a long way. Yeah, we have. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. So it's, I think, in a, especially in a general society, it's a lot more open. And I mean, ballet too, but I think there's. It, it's, it's, and it's because the, the opportunities are there from an early age, yeah. the people that see that that's a possibility. Yeah. You know, it's not just white middle class no. girls in their pink tights. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, we need to see it more on stage, but that's, that's the. It's going to take time. It, it will take time. Yeah. But it, actually, we could do this if, if we really. Put our backs behind it. We could do this in five years. Yeah. Just about my lifetime. I think we can make it happen. I think we can make it happen. Um, yeah, definitely. So very important thing, and something that's really close to me because I've also got a friend that, when she was training, like when she graduated, she's now ballet black, and when she joined the company, she was told that she was the only graduating black dancer in the whole UK in that, the 20, of that year she graduated. But it's not good enough. No. It really isn't. And, you know, the, the, the joy that you and I get from, from, from dance, um, from ballet in particular, mm -hmm. should be you know, the experience of any child who wants it. Yeah. Not because a, a parent can afford it or because they um, think that it's not for them. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, yeah. You know, it's a matter of having the choices in life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess, is there anything else um, that you're like, if you're a lot of wisdom um, to all the listeners today any last kind of words of advice I don't know that I have I think every day to me is, is um, another day another plie <laughs> but uh, you know uh, the words that my mother said to me when I was quite young was um, and they stayed with me um, was always surround yourself with positive people. Mm -hmm. Don't mix with negativity. And I've not forgotten that. Mm -hmm. That was her advice to me when I went to boarding school. Mm -hmm. And I think that is so true because it can pull you down. And, um, and that, that rings in my head. And for me, dance, uh, that daily ballet class is, is such a positive thing, yeah. you know, and, and, and I work with most wonderful musicians and um, they're literally my partners within the class. Yes. Um, I'm nothing without them. And, and I never forget too that um, I'm only there because people want to come and dance. Mm -hmm. And it's humbling. And I want to hang on to that, yeah. you know. And I'm very fortunate to have had the career I've had. And, uh, um, you know, it's, it's a really wonderful world, really, in, out there in the ballet studio. Yeah, it is. When you look at it, yeah, like that, absolutely. But it is, like you just said, it's, I think, being, especially in an industry that's so hard, you need. Oh, yeah. and, you know, so you much, need to be with people so that lift much, you. I mean, I'm thinking now of, of this little girl who I became quite close to in the Ukraine, Kiev, and mm -hmm. you know, her, her career has really been that much of a whole year where she's dancing underground half the time, mm -hmm. or you know, she's in the middle of class and the sirens go, and it, and it is, you know, a, we're very fortunate here, mm -hmm. no matter how hard it is. Um, you know, we're, we're able to do our daily battle class. And I think we should be so grateful for that because yeah. it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's a joy, is it, it not? Is. 
It is, and it's I still think of it like that. It's a privilege, absolutely. And it still makes me happy. I feel better when I come out of class and oh, I yeah, go in. Absolutely. You know. It's highlight of the day. Um, yeah. yeah, I think to myself, <laughs> I mean, how many more tondu exercises can I make up? You know? <laughs> <laughs> how many variations on the theme are there? And of course, you know, I never make class, I never prepare my class. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Because you don't know who you're going to have in. That's true. Never, ne- I don't have a step in my head when I start. And so it's going to come out of it somewhere. Yeah. You know, and that, that, I find that the joy and it's fun and, yeah. you know, and we've got to be able to laugh a little bit in class too. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, completely agree. Um, I think that's a perfect place to wrap up today's episode. Thank you so much. Nice, thank you so much. It's been lovely talking to you. Yeah, I've had a great time. Um, Before we finish, where can the listeners find, like, I mean, I'll leave it all in the notes for the podcast, but they can find you or find West London School of Dance, YBA, the Du Boisson Foundation, if anyone listening is interested in donating. Um, Actually, there's, there's, there's something I would, if I'm Go for pushing it, it no, no, no. Um, that I would be, be a wonderful thing if I could ask anybody who's enjoyed, enjoys themselves in a ballet class, any ballet class, and that dance has meant something, if they could set up a standing order for £4 a week, a standing order, that means it's coming into my foundation without hardship to anyone because we can all afford one pound a week mm-hmm. and that would make a huge difference if collectively mm-hmm. people who love to dance can spend the price of a cappuccino mm-hmm. by a standing order um, uh, there's websites all of okay. I'll make them it's okay if you don't remember <laughs> no I don't I, I, I'd get one word wrong or something it's okay I'll, I'll yes. link it all below so if anyone listening... That would be really kind because um, it's a matter of reaching out to people. Yeah. Um, and and I, thought, I thought of that way of doing it mm-hmm. because it meant that everybody could actually do that. It just takes trouble to set up a standing order, please. But once you've done it... I mean, I, I do that with you and Action Aid and I don't even notice it's going out. Yeah. Well, it's like people pay for Netflix monthly... Well, exactly. So, I'm, and I'm asking for a minimal amount. It's, yeah. Um, but I think if, if say for instance, a hundred people did that, yeah, could be You're doing great. Money coming in every month to support a dancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, I will set that all up. Thank below. you so much. But no worries. Um, so, if anyone listening is interested in doing that and is in a position where that works for them. It is literally, like you said, a cappuccino, especially in London. Like, it's cheaper than a cappuccino. Yes. So, um, and yeah, like Anna said, you enjoy class, which I'm, I know a lot of people listening, you all do. You're all doing ballet class every day and you do it because you love it. Um, so, yeah, I'll have that all below. Thank you so much. No it's okay, no worries. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, everyone is seen. You can hear me same time next week. And yeah, that's the end of the episode. Bye.